If you haven't listened to the first episode with Katja, go back, listen to Katja part one so you can get the full picture of what we're working through. Katya has been focusing on the goal of having one smoothie bowl a day, and she's experimenting with eating different foods for snacks and meals. She still is finding that it's really difficult to stop at one portion of dessert. From what I've gotten to know about her, I think some of Katya's food obsession and trouble with ending a meal is the result of not having a lot of other joys, projects, or activities that she has fun with in her life. She also mentions in this episode that eating has been her only form of rest. So my coaching brain had made a note. Once we talk about food a bit, I also want to help her become more skilled with enjoying her life and resting. Enjoy. Welcome to the Confident Eaters podcast, where you get proven methods to end overeating, emotional eating, and stressing about food. We're heading for harmony between your body, food, and feelings. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my team at Confident Eaters. How was your weekend? Did you do anything? It was great. We went to the beach as a family, which was nice. And one of my sons had a sleepover with his new little friend. So my husband took my other son out. And I was so excited because normally when I'm like home alone and I get time to breathe, that tends to be a trigger for pantry raiding and feeling good with food. And I really enjoyed myself in other ways. So that was a big win. (laughs) That is, that is a huge win. I know that's a a tricky one for a lot of people. Yeah. It's strange because I know I never feel better binging and overeating, but there's still just something that it seems to be like when I'm home alone, I just, one bowl of cereal turns in to two turns into three and so forth. So I was really happy to recognize that was going to be a potential trigger and fill my time with other things. And then it felt good to like notice and name that I made progress there. So that hopefully will encourage more of those little wins. Absolutely. That is excellent. I was thinking today we could talk some more about, well, I wanted to just sort of get an update on how things have been going with the food experimentation that you've been doing. Yes. And then maybe we'll talk some more about the fun filling the day up with joyful activity. That would be great. And thank you again so much for your help. It sounds so silly to be struggling with these things. I mean, wanting a smoothie and really fighting against (laughs) feeling like I need that in the day. But I more I've been paying attention to it, the more I read, man, I think I really was using that as a coping mechanism, I guess, for a lot of years that I just didn't realize. And I mean, I I don't know if there's real, you're the expert, like science behind kind of being addicted to food, or if that's just kind of what I hear in like, YouTube podcast marketing stuff. But I really think that might be a thing for me. (laughs) It is, you know, a scientifically valid thing. It tends to be misrepresented in that when people talk about food being addictive, sometimes what they say that's incorrect is that there's certain types of food that they label as addictive. Mm -hmm. And usually they're like, oh, it's flour, it's salt, it's sugar, it's fat. You know, that's what makes it addictive. But those don't behave the same as like drugs of abuse do in the brain. Okay, They do cause some reward circuitry, but so does you know, giving a hug 
okay. it, it's not the same. And I think when some, sometimes when people say like, oh, these are, you're addicted to this, just like people abuse substances. I don't think it's fair to make that comparison, Okay, but it can definitely be a coping mechanism where we, we develop habits that help us get by. So in terms of like behavioral yeah. addictions, like gambling, yes. it, it does seem more similar. So it's eating. That's the compulsive behavior, not necessarily the food. Okay. And so like with the illustration of like the smoothie bowls. So I guess I just got into a pattern of behavior where that was kind of a reward that I looked forward to in my day. And it, it's interesting. And maybe you could help me to understand this a little more. But I realized I was finding enjoyment almost as much in the knowing it was coming and anticipation and looking forward to it as in the time of eating it. Is that a thing? Or is that just mm -hmm. my yeah. weird brain? No, it absolutely is. You know, a lot of people that have a very ingrained habit or a sort of compulsive behavior that they're doing, mm -hmm. despite wanting to stop doing it, there is an amount of yes. excitation with things that are even linked to it. So like the sounds, the idea of it, like imagining doing it, people who struggle yes. with binge eating will often talk about like, I get excited when I'm in the car, like going to the store to buy my binge foods. Right. I realized in the mid morning, I would start thinking, oh, this afternoon, I get to have my Vitamix smoothie bowl. And yeah. when I decided and made the goal with you, I'm going to have one a day, which is very reasonable. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was like, Oh, what well, I already had my, you know, Vitamix smoothie bowl after my workout. So I'm not having one in the afternoon, that time period of like, just waiting to get to the afternoon, knowing I wasn't having the smoothie bowl, I realized I was looking forward to it for a lot longer than just like enjoying it in the moment, if yeah. that makes sense. I imagine it's been really hard to try and only have one a day. Have you had any success there? I have. I I know that sounds so silly. It doesn't. No, it, not it at all. It is hard to only have one a day. But since we emailed and you said, how about having the goal of one a day? I have kind of like made that a hard line okay. for me that is best for me and I want to do what's best. So I have only had one per day since we had that email. So I think that's good, but that it's is. been quite a fight, even though yeah. it, it sounds so silly. And I've been trying, like we've been talking about, to find other afternoon snacks that I can enjoy. And that has been good. I think what I'm realizing is just the insane volume of those snacks. The smoothie bowl was what I really liked. So sure. I'm struggling to find another snack that I enjoy as much because reasonable portions <laughs> just feel small, even though sure. they're quite reasonable. Yeah. I was thinking about some ideas for like what might help because definitely the initial phase of I am deciding not to have that second smoothie bowl. This is the hardest part because you create this gap. You're like, I've taken the second one out and now there's this like afternoon gap in my life. And it's really hard to be yeah. like, I'm going to push through this. I'm going to find other yes. things to put in there and then it will get easier. But I understand yeah. it's not easy to set something aside that you've been using to help generate like enjoyment and positive emotions and entertainment. So I just want to reassure yeah. you, we're going to fill that gap. You're not going to be like struggling to get through the afternoons for very long and definitely not forever. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I believe you. <laughs> yeah. So I thought one thing that might work would be a lot of people like air popped popcorn because it okay. makes a big bowl and you can eat it one at a time and make it last a while. Okay. I also thought of like, I'm going to take notes. A big thing of fruit. If you were going to make yourself a fruit platter, you could have like okay. a nectarine, a peach. Like you can eat three or four pieces of fruit. It's not going to hurt anybody. You could cut up some watermelon. Yeah. I love mango. You can cut up a mango and it also takes some time. So you're getting some of that process as well. I think you can also okay. enjoy like cutting up the fruit for yourself and making this beautiful platter and maybe going to sit outside okay. with your fruit platter and your bowl of popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> I did like your idea of sitting outside too. I've tried that a couple of days to make my snack and take it out. I felt like a change of scenery was nice and it's beautiful to be in the sunshine. I did like carrots and peanut butter one day, but mm -hmm. I went way, way over on probably what was a reasonable serving of peanut butter. I started okay. with a little dish and then I went back for a few more scoops and a few more scoops and a few more scoops. So I figured okay. if I wanted to do that again, maybe I would pre-portion it out ahead of time. And I have been doing the mug cake too, which mm, cool. I actually started adding as like a little dessert after my lunch. So I've been eating lunch and stopping when I'm relatively full, but having just a small like dark chocolate mug cake after. And that has been a very nice treat. And then I don't feel like I'm waiting until my afternoon snack to have something sweet. Because I think what I also loved about the smoothie bowl was it was chocolate and peanut butter and you know it was a good sweet so I thought maybe adding a little sweet into my lunch too could help yeah um, lunch dessert I'm a I, big fan of lunch dessert <laughs> okay <laughs> and I did I did get the quest bars that you mentioned I was like a little bit nervous because I was afraid I couldn't have like a whole box in my pantry, but I put them sort of out of sight in the pantry and I have, I have done well with having those. They just feel small compared to the smoothie bowl still. <laughs> sure. Sure. Great. I'm glad that you've made some changes. This is, it shows how you're being open to new things. Well, thank you for helping me. So I guess the first thing is just like committing to the decision not to have that second smoothie bowl. Do you have any tips or advice when I start to second guess that decision? Like in my right wise frame of mind, I recognize like this for me long-term is going to be a better thing just not to, to be so reliant on that. But then in the moment I've felt myself waffling a little bit, I guess trying to talk myself out of that decision. What, what would you suggest in those times to solidify that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Don't let yourself enter the debate about having a second one. Okay. If your brain's like, but maybe there's a reason we can come up with. No, we're not. Okay. Like we're not going there. Just don't start the debate. Don't tolerate the debate. Don't participate in the debate. Okay. So the main thing is like, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not going backward. I'm looking forward and I'm looking mm -hmm. for what, new thing I'm going to plug into the afternoon. Okay. I'm going to have another one tomorrow morning, the smoothie bowl, but like one a day is what I'm having. And I can try new things to find something else. It's almost like you've had a breakup and you're like, 
you can't go back to them. You can't keep trying to call your ex. Like it's over. You have to find someone yeah. new. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're not going to go it back really, to the smoothie bowl yeah. in the afternoon. We're going to look for new love. <laughs> yes. New love. <laughs> so you can make other things that are sizable. Like, as I mentioned, like the air pop popcorn or like a great big platter of fruit. You can do carrots and dip. And, you know, as you said, it can be tricky to keep going back and getting more of the dip or the peanut butter or, but it'll come with time. You know, it's just going to take some practices. You're getting better. It sounds like it will probably be helpful if we come up with, like, if we talk about a few tactics that you can use when you eat whatever you intended to, and your mind is like, and now more, go get more, go get seconds. So have you found anything successful up until now? If your brain is like, go make another mug cake, go get seconds of that. What do you do? Well, I have been practicing the delay and distract tactics from the group. Okay. I have been trying when I sit down to eat a meal or snack to, before I start eating, decide what I'm going to do next. So I will sit down for with my mug cake and say, when I finish this mug cake, no debate, I'm going to take a 10 minute walk outside. And that, I think that has been helpful rather than kind of I've noticed like when I do go back for seconds and thirds they see it seems to be time that I'm just trying to extend the pleasure of the eating so I think finding another activity that I can tell myself will be pleasurable after is what I've been trying to do Um, even if I don't fully believe it like I feel like I'd have more pleasure having a second mug than going for a walk, but I've just determined ahead of time. I'm just going to go for the walk and I'll feel better. I'll feel better after. Yeah. Um, I mean, the way we think about those temptations and urges is really powerful. So we can reframe it when our mind suggests you really want to make another one. You can reframe it or restate it as, no, I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily want a second dessert. What I want is to have continued experience of pleasure. So I can get that from somewhere else as well. And if your mind uses the logic of, but the mug cake is way better than that other thing, then you can remind yourself, but it also has a lot of costs. It can be a high pleasure, but also high cost. It comes with a stomach ache cost. It comes with thinking maybe I'm putting more food in my body than it needs sort of cost that doesn't feel good yeah I I listened to your podcast a few times the one on the really expensive sweater that's exactly the concept yeah yeah I think I've listened to that probably three or four times (laughs) when I I feel like I need to remind myself of the costs yeah yeah like first serving of dessert the price tag on it says very little price this is excellent it has lots of enjoyment it makes us feel free. It's nice to not be on a diet so we get to eat dessert. The second serving of dessert, the cost has gone up. The second serving of dessert is like, this only tastes half as good as the first one and potentially could move us into the category where we're putting more sugar or processed food into our body than we want to. It might just, it might take you into the uncomfortable stomach bloat realm. It's just not, not as good of a bargain as the first one. Yes. So you've got the 10 minute walk that works for the next thing. Have you found anything else that works as like planning something pleasant for after your meal or snack? After dinner, I've been doing the walk and then writing in my gratitude journal. That has been a really enjoyable 
kind of evening routine. Sometimes I read with my with my kids or we'll watch like a Netflix show in the evening. I've been trying to think of other activities I might enjoy in the afternoon. And I did try doing like a 10 minute yoga video one day. So that might be something I could try more of. How was it? It was okay. I think what makes food an easy pleasure is that it's so easy. I mean, it's like already right there. And so like getting set up and finding the video that took a little bit of time. So I think I made a little part on my back porch now where I'll keep my yoga mat and I have some videos saved. So it'll be easier for me to make that an activity next time. Lower barrier of entry, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I usually tell people whatever you want to do, make it convenient, like leave the coloring book out, leave the colored pencils on top of it. Don't put them in the laundry room closet, leave the stuff out because we want to use the convenience to our advantage. So Mm -hmm. making the smoothie bowl feels super easy or food feels super easy, but really you have to get out several ingredients. You have to wash the Vitamix when you're done. It's not necessarily easier than like putting on a DVD or video and you're getting your yoga mat out. It's just that you're so used to it. Right effortless. Yeah. So when you've done the yoga video for like five days in a row, you're not even going to think about, oh, where, what was the site that I go to? How do I start the player? It's, it's just going to yeah. be effortless. I'm trying to, to think like, how can I make my space enjoyable? Like a spot I want to go to and kind of like yeah. remove myself from the kitchen table. So the walk is helpful because it gets me outside. And I think moving to my little yoga corner removes me from the table. I have a a special chair that I've been using for my gratitude journal. And I put the journal right on the table next to it. So I just like tear myself from the kitchen table and head to the chair. And then once I'm there, I feel great. It's just like removing myself from the kitchen and getting to the next spot. Yeah. Um, Great. So you've got that chair. And do you have a little yoga corner? Did you say it was on the porch? Yes, I just started that this week. Cool, cool, cool. Did you ever do meditation or anything like that? I haven't up to this point, but I think I might like to learn or at least start small with giving it a try. I know Mm -hmm. we have talked about trying to find some more pleasurable activities to kind of put in my day. So that was on my list of things to try. Okay, I will send you a link to an app called Insight Timer. Okay. And it's free. So you don't have to pay anything to use the courses, to use like the tracks that are on there. And they have, you know, different guided meditations. So somebody's talking to you. What makes a lot of people like not love meditation is boring. (laughs) It feels really boring if you're just like, so I'm supposed to clear my mind of thoughts. And then what? Like it doesn't, that doesn't sound good to me. Right. But when it's got enjoyable music, and it's a kind person. Okay. It does feel mm-hmm. pleasant because it's sort of like the I love like relaxing and like putting on a guided meditation. And I feel almost like this is a friendly person who's reminding me, look, I yeah. know stuff might be bothering you right okay. now, but like the world is okay. You're okay. Let's just breathe yeah. together for a few minutes. And I'm like, I don't know, some part of me just loves this. Okay. <laughs> like I love the idea yeah. of like having company. <laughs> and I really just find somebody's voice to be really soothing. Yeah, I would love to try that. Thank you. Yeah, I've even found on my walks, 
I will put in your podcast. I find your voice to be <laughs> very kind and soothing. So I, that would be cool. I would like to try that with the meditation. Great. Okay. I'm sending you a link. It, it looks like it'll take you to, I have a playlist just like you can do with music. You can make a playlist okay. of the tracks that you like. And so I have one that's called nightly routine. And so when I get in bed for the evening, okay. I go to nightly routine and I just sort of pick one off of there. So that's the okay. playlist I sent you, but there's plenty others to explore if you don't like. Okay. Thank, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. I share it with a lot of people. It's nice. And I think for many of us who are responsible and hardworking and we're trying all day to do the right thing and be busy. And sometimes people that are prone to low moods or anxiety, like it can just be so nice to just stop and guard in our own spirit for a little while and not be yeah. doing things, but like stop and like process and regulate. And I find it feels like really Thank good self-care. <laughs> yes. I think it's been a few emails ago you mentioned, and it really stood out to me that it would be helpful for me to plan sometimes just like to rest kind of throughout the day. Hmm. And I think I had been using like meals and snack time sort of like as my built-in rest, but I've been thinking could be good to have a built-in rest that is a non-meal or snack time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So the guided meditations are perfect for that sort of thing. Like you just sit somewhere or lie on your couch and put on one of these recordings. <laughs> and it, like, if you told me just sit on the couch, I'd be like, I'm bored. I can't. Yeah. I just, <laughs> right. I can't just sit on my couch. Sit. Right. <laughs> I can listen to an audiobook. I can listen to right. something. But I can't okay. just sit on my couch. So yeah, I find the, the guided meditation is a really nice thing to do where it is enough that it doesn't get boring <laughs> to just yes. listen to that. Yeah. You can also do, like, I find outdoors can be nice. Even if you're walking or moving or gardening, you don't have to necessarily just sit in the outdoors. Okay. But yeah. it can be nice just to sort of like rest. Like I am just going to relax for a minute and you know, watch the birds and watch the wind move the tree branches around. And yeah. you may not want to sit there and do that for an hour, but like for five minutes to just like sit and rest can be really nice. And then there's good old naps. I love me a nap. <laughs> you ever take a nap during the day? I don't. Maybe that's something I could try. I have a lot of trouble, like even falling asleep before bed, I think my mind is always spinning. So I don't think I've ever tried to fall asleep in the daytime, but I could give it a go. Mm -hmm. So you said there's some shows on Netflix that you've enjoyed. Mm -hmm. What about like resting on the couch and watching a show in the middle of the day? Yes. My kids are home for from school right now in the summer, but I guess I could let them have a rest too. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to model for them that they have to be 24 7 that productive. is that's really true and I think that's something I struggle with for my own self is feeling like I do need to be like productive and that I think causes a lot of extra stress that I'm putting on myself like nobody else is telling me that it's just me telling myself I feel like I need to accomplish something right, so that's right. an area potential growth I guess yeah yeah it's nice to experience that when you just take a rest, 
or when you spend time just being with somebody, sometimes like if we're just with someone, a friend, a spouse, a kid, it, it can be easier than like feeling like I have to just sit and rest, but that you're not doing yeah. anything, but you are engaging in an important, meaningful task, which is like you're accompanying somebody being with, with some of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. you can think there's going to be like segments of our day when we want to do stuff. We never want to take that mm-hmm. piece away and be completely right unproductive and just floating. But that's only one right. of our modes. There's also yes. just resting and being and restoring. Like you have to put the phone on the charger. Right. I do feel yeah. I could benefit from a little charging occasionally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So let yourself charge. And then also think about just being with somebody sitting on the couch and watching Netflix checks the rest box. You could also sit there mm-hmm. with the kids in the room and you can all rest. And you also sort of had time. You think of quality time as like, we're conversing, we're doing a puzzle, we're doing a project together, but like even occupying right. the same space. This yeah. is nice. You're fulfilling a role. Okay. That's great. Thank you. Is there stuff that you do with your kids together? Yeah, we love to go paddle boarding, play outside, do puzzles, read books. My One of my kids has really had an interest in like cooking lately. So that has been kind of fun. Now, the baking area is still like a little bit of a struggle for me. Sure. I don't trust myself fully yet around baked goods and like cookie dough. And that sort of thing, but they're really I for want a lot them to get to experience that. So we do still do it. I just, I think I've determined just not having any for me and just enjoying the time together baking and letting them eat the treats has felt a little bit better. Oh. Yeah. You can also steer the project in directions that don't make it too hard for you. For example, let's say I, if I had kids and they were like, we want to learn how to bake. And I'd be like, what do you think about learning how to roast a chicken? (laughs) Like, what do you think about learning how to make vegetable soup? And they were like, no, we only want to bake. We only want to make cookies. I'd be like, okay. What about white chocolate craisin cookies? I don't really like those. Or oatmeal (laughs) raisin cookies or carrot spice cookies or ginger snaps. Because the wrong yeah. thing for me would be like, how about we make double chocolate chunk ones? Because that's exactly chunk, what right. I would want to eat. I'd be like chocolate dough, with chocolate chips. I'd have a very hard time yes. not eating them. We have started a container garden together, which has been fun. And then we've been using what we've been growing to make some new recipes. So that has been cool. Oh. And that's easier to moderate than chocolate chip cookie dough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... See if you can steer them toward flavors that you personally don't find super challenging when it comes to cookies or order the recipe and only make a small batch. That's a good idea as well. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I have some like mini cake recipes about a mini cake tin. Yes. And so I would find like a recipe online and I would just quarter it. (laughs) And so I would only make one fourth of the recipe, which was enough for about four servings instead of 16. So my husband and I right. would eat it for dinner one night, have both seconds, a second night, and then it was gone. That's a really smart idea. I have noticed when I started the coaching group, I was really struggling with cereal and the idea of putting it in like baggies, like a single serving uh, has been really helpful to me. And I feel excited because in the past I struggled with cereal 
And so I would either have it all and binge on it and overeat, or I just like wouldn't buy it at all and then not get to have it at all. But since I've been doing the baggies, I'll have like one baggie with my smoothie bowl after my workout. And it's great because I get to enjoy the cereal, but the baggie sort of a buffer and it reminds me like, oh, this is how much I intended to have. I can have another baggie if I want, but I know that probably won't make me feel great. So yeah. one bag is enough and I'll have another baggie tomorrow. So totally. Yeah. You have to sort of, working. you think of it like this is a feel good amount. Like, you know, this is a feel good amount of exercise. I feel invigorated, but I don't feel like I'm going to puke. This is a feel good amount of cereal. This is a feel good frequency of smoothie bowl. Yeah, so you feel okay. positive when you're like, no, of course I could have more. I could also do a lot of things that would leave me feeling really icky. I'm not going to choose to do those because I don't want to feel icky. So my yeah, feel good no, frequency is one a day. Feel good frequency. I I might write that on a note card and put it yeah. in my pantry. <laughs> There's a feel good frequency for everything. And sometimes we can recognize we're doing something more often than the feel good frequency. And then yeah. it feels less. I, I have felt good cutting out the second smoothie bowl in my mind I really really want it because it's like part of my treat to myself and I look forward to it at the end of the day but from like a belly perspective I do notice that I was probably not feeling as good as I could with that much volume and I think that's something I'd I'd like to grow in and do better in across the board just because I've gotten so used to to eating and enjoying such large volumes, I think I've sort of been used to like eating until I'm full and a little bloated and have a little tummy pressure. I mean, not sick, but I think that was my normal. That was what almost felt normal. Like the end of a meal, I didn't have the end of a meal signal until like I started getting bloated from having so many veggies. And I've realized that is silly, but that I didn't realize I was doing that. So that's an area I'd like to work on too. Yeah. So now you're paying more attention to not only how your body feels when you're eating, but I think hopefully, have you noticed any changes with getting more variety of food in? You know, we talked about getting like more variety of carbs in. Yeah, I've been trying to add carbs at every meal. And we talked recently about making sure I'm getting a good amount of fat too. And I think that has felt nice. I've had fun thinking of new things I might want to try. I think in the past I was eating sort of the same things almost out of fear just because it felt like safe. That's kind of what I knew I had been eating. And since I'm not tracking really anymore and I spent so many years tracking, it felt safe to kind of have the same similar foods that I have been having, but I'm slowly branching out slowly. (laughs) Yeah. It's an anxiety avoiding or like some people call it a safety behavior to like keep going to the same foods. The problem with when we do a lot of safety behaviors is that our world gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. So we kind of want to recognize that we don't have to do these things to stay safe and free of anxiety and like that we're going to be okay. It's not like all behaviors that we do for our safety are bad, like putting on a seatbelt, unequivocally a good idea, putting on a bike helmet when you're biking, always a good idea. 
But there, when it comes to like limiting our food intake or not leaving the house for certain things, it's gotten too far. Mm-hmm. So gradually stepping back and realizing like, okay, I can eat bread and everything's fine is really powerful. And yeah. it's okay if you just start with like one slice of bread. <laughs> it's okay if you start with like a <laughs> hundred grams of potato, you know, it's fine. If you take baby steps, just keep thinking about going in that direction. Okay. I have been doing that and I will keep practicing that. Thank you for the encouragement to step out of my comfort zone. I think I, it feels nice. I don't think I would do it on my own. So it feels nice to have somebody kind of holding my hand along the way. Yeah. And I imagine like you probably also have thoughts in your mind, like I don't want to turn around and be overweight. Yeah. I'm at a healthy weight now, but I've spent years and years kind of being really careful about what I was eating. So in my mind, don't want to gain too much extra weight, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I mean, we'll see what your body does. Like from your photos, you look very thin. So it's possible that your body may want to be slightly more robust, (laughs) strong. You're not going to end up overweight at all. Okay. But like sometimes if people are a little too thin for their biology, like they may come up slightly. Sure. And I want to be healthy. And that is my main goal. I think like the number on the scale, it messes with my mind a little bit, but I've gotten like worlds better from what I was a few years ago, even like the number on the scale would determine my joy or my peace for the day. And at the point I'm at now, I do feel like I can just see it as a data point and you know, it waffles up and down and it doesn't seem to bother me too much, but I do like to keep a little bit of an eye on it, I guess, just to make sure it's not skyrocketing too, too fast up. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely understand that for a long time. I got on the scale every day because I was reassured that it wasn't shooting up, even though I was including more and more foods. Yeah. So like it can help to be like, okay, I, I ate some bread. I'm, I'm pushing the the envelope here, or I ate some real ice cream instead of diet ice cream. I had three French fries. <laughs> like we make these little experiments, yeah. and when you get on the scale right. and you see it's like pretty much the same, it really yeah. helps reassure. Like those are all fine. It's okay. I know you told me kind of your island belly in the bathtub story with your Vitamix yeah. <laughs> um, protein ice cream last time. If you don't mind sharing, I was curious, like time-wise, how long did it take you to kind of go from island belly bathtub veggie buckets to like your normal, healthy, balanced, competent eating now? So that episode it, itself was about 11 or 11-ish, 12 years ago. I just know because of the house I lived in, I lived okay. there for very long. So it's easy to put on the yeah. calendar. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that was, that was probably like 2012. And I think prior to that, the year between like 2011 and 2012, I had been counting calories for like the entirety of my adult life, including some of my adolescent life. So in 2011, I started really thinking hard that this wasn't what I wanted to do forever. Mm -hmm. I had a body that everybody would say they wanted. And I didn't want to lose that Mm -hmm. because it was like, this makes me feel good about myself. But at the same time, if I was honest, my life revolved around 
controlling my calories, getting to the gym for my workouts and no social event would interest me as much as like getting to the gym and controlling my food intake. I wouldn't have gone on a date with anyone because I wouldn't have eaten a meal out. Like it was the project in my life. And I was like, I don't want to be living my whole life focused around this. Right. So I really started to change just some of my dynamic in the world around 2011, 2012, trying to have more, more trust in my appetite signals would do a decent enough job that I didn't have to count the calories and that I could like actually just feel if I was hungry or not to make the call on whether I needed to eat or not. Okay. And try and feel when I had had enough food versus was still hungry. And it, it was difficult, but I did stop counting completely sometime in 2011. And I was still eating pretty frequently and possibly not letting myself get hungry because I was very much like, I don't want to be hungry. I'm very afraid of getting hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I started with like five minutes a day. Can you just feel your appetite for five minutes a day? And grudgingly, I started feeling it for like five minutes a day. And then I learned like, this is okay. You're all right. Yeah. And then I started to add back in a lot of the foods that I had cut out. Okay. So that process has taken the entirety of the 10 years. Like I'm still sort of getting more and more liberal with my intake. Okay. At first it was like, I would only eat fat-free cheese. And then I was like, I'll eat the low-fat cheese. And now I just eat regular cheese. I don't worry about it. And I do like, I like Philadelphia light cream cheese. And I like the, the processed singles. I get the low fat ones there. Cause on eggs, they're just, I love them. I just love melted processed cheese on eggs, but I also have like slices of regular cheese that I'll use on sandwiches or to make a quesadilla. Mm -hmm. So I, I gradually extended myself in areas like that. Like If we're out of skim milk, I'd buy the 1% milk and not worry about it. I used to buy sugar-free jam. And then one day I was like, I can't find it in this store. They don't appear to have sugar-free jam. I'm just going to buy the regular jam. And you bet I thought about it. I was like, is this just a slippery slope to not caring about your health at all? Now you're buying regular (laughs) jam. And then I'm like, no, because I eat about one teaspoon of jam a week. Like I don't even like jam all that frequently, but every now and then I want some jam. It's yeah. just regular jam and I've just bought regular jam ever since. Okay. I never particularly liked fried food. So that's probably the one thing I still just don't eat because I don't even like it. I've added okay. back in like all the foods that I enjoy eating. Like I started eating yeah. pasta again and I started eating pizza again. Like if I go to a restaurant, sometimes I'll order pizza. Sometimes I don't want a salad. Okay. Yeah. I really like scones from this one bakery near here. So a lot of times I okay. like to go out and get a scone with my husband and it might not happen for months at a time, but then like, I really want one and I can go get a scone where, you know, I think of me in like 2010 would have been like, I don't eat white yeah. flour. That's a no, <laughs> that's a hard no, like yeah. absolutely not. And now I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I don't have a problem going out yeah. and doing that. And when I'm training, like I do training sessions with my team, And you sort Mm -hmm. of have to snack if you're going to keep your energy up on like a three or a four hour workout. So I eat Nutri-Grain bars 
because they're cheap <laughs> and they're tasty and they don't dry my mouth out terribly. And like, yeah, they're completely processed. This is not a high nutrition food, but it's a great way to get carbohydrates in yeah. and they're soft. So I don't feel like I'm going to choke on them. So I eat Nutri-Grain bars during my workout so that I have enough energy to finish the workout. 2010, Georgie would never have touched a Nutri-Grain bar. I would have been like, that's way too much okay. added sugar process. Like, no, no way at all. <laughs> and the funny thing is, despite eating all of this wider variety yeah. of food that I was sure. eating, uh-huh. I have gained no fat. <laughs> I am like really okay. the same weight that I was then. And I'm a lot stronger and I have a lot more endurance because yeah. I'm like better fueled. Okay. So I can't give you like a timeline on there, but I'd say it was like one year of massive change to be like, I'm really not counting calories anymore. I'm really going to trust yes. my appetite and satiety cues, but I was still very limited mm-hmm. on the variety. I was still very much into, I hate to use the term clean eating, but it describes very well. I was stuck yeah. in okay. the idea of only the healthiest yeah. foods. And then gradually right. it's been like 10 plus years of getting more liberal and more flexible and realizing that it doesn't make you fatter. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's encouraging to feel like I can get there too. And also that like, it's okay if it takes me a while, because I feel like I'm slowly making progress, but it's very slow. And so it's encouraging to hear that it took you a while too. And I don't want to go back. So I'm just going to keep moving forward, even though it's small steps. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like when we're doing this on our own volition like this is our choice we're doing this out of something we want we got to trust like I will keep taking small steps on my own time but if Mm -hmm. somebody were to like force me to eat these things that would be super stressful borderline traumatizing you know I disagree a lot with the way eating disorders are sometimes treated especially in intensive outpatient or inpatient situations you know they do Mm -hmm. things like sit a patient down with a burger and fries in front of them and tell them they can't leave until they eat it. And I'm like, yeah, I can just imagine the distress that that would have caused me and that I am sure it causes people. And I think it's cruel. Like, I think you really should respect people's emotional state and let them take slow steps that feel safe because otherwise they just get out of treatment and they're like, no, I can go back to what feels okay. Yeah, I have felt since joining the the coaching group, I I just really appreciate the idea and thought like, I get to choose. And I feel like that makes me feel very comforted, I guess. I'm making the choice. I can choose either way, you know, but I want to choose what's in line with my values. And when I really think through that, you know, that is making these changes, but it feels good to be choosing. So yeah. yeah. I also suggest when you're working on expanding your food intake, take tastes of everybody else's food if they'll share. Oh, okay. Like, can I have one of your M&Ms? Can I have a bite of your ice cream cone? Can I have a bite of your pizza? Like take bites (laughs) of people's food because one, you may have, like, I'll understand if you forgot some of the things that you like, or you're not sure if you like them. Yeah. I think I have forgotten things I like because I always order the same things and it's, veggies and protein with a couple of croutons (laughs) yeah so So, it's perfectly good to like clean slate with all the foods in the universe and like I'm gonna decide now which ones I want to include and 
for me, I was like, wow, I actually like bread. I actually like pasta. I still couldn't give an about rice. Like take all the rice okay. in the world, give me the bread. <laughs> but yeah, I had to yeah. like go taste all these foods and not think about the nutrient content to determine what I really and truly like. Right. And I really love cheese and I really don't care for French fries. It's fine. So you move That's in the direction. experiment. Yeah. So you move in the directions of the things that you find nutritious and tasty or even low nutrition mm-hmm. and tasty, but like you don't have to eat every food under the sun ever, but it's nice yes. to be able to eat a wider variety of things that we really enjoy and feel like it's safe for our bodies because our bodies really are perfectly good at navigating a very diverse diet. Yeah. Great. Well, I'm going to start tasting. <laughs> nice. Okay. So we're going to start tasting. In terms of, I was thinking having a schedule for the day, I know your kids are out of school right now, right? So they're home a lot. Mm -hmm. They go back to school in just like two weeks. So we're kind of wrapping up the end of summer and then it'll be them at school and me at home, I guess, figuring out a new routine. Yeah. That'll be different. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Do you have a schedule or calendar or anything like that that you use? I do use a calendar. Mm -hmm. What kind of calendar? Paper? Online? I use just Google Calendar like on my phone. Same. I'm a Google Calendar acolyte. Love it. (laughs) So it can be helpful to put stuff in there so that it has like a skeleton to your day. So for example, do you wake up at the same time every day? I do. And since starting the group, I have been putting my meals and snacks in my Google calendar. I know that sounds so silly, but I just put a little fork and like a 30 minute event and I can move them up and down, but I try to space them out like three or so hours according to the plans, you know, from the beginning couple lessons. So I do have, I do have that in the calendar. That's excellent. Maybe I'll add, add like meditation or yoga or something yeah. else. Yeah. So what are the times that you have in your Google calendar right now for meals or snacks, like planned eating times? I wake up and have like a protein waffle usually for breakfast before my workout. And that's like somewhere in the six to seven o'clock spot. Okay. And then I usually kind of spend some time with the kids, do a short workout at home, and then have my post-workout snack. That's the smoothie bowl. Okay. <laughs> Usually between like nine and 10. And then have lunch sometime between 12 and one. What time is um, it in your calendar? One o'clock. Okay. Now it's not important that you like absolutely stick to that. I just want to know what time it's in your calendar because that's how I'm thinking of the screen right now. Yeah. So then I have one o'clock lunch and then I have an afternoon snack at the three o'clock time. Okay. That kind of gets moved around based on like what we have going on in the afternoon. Yeah. And also I'm still struggling to figure out what afternoon snack I love, but we talked about that and I have some ideas. And then we usually have dinner around six. Okay. And has it been working for you to not eat after dinner? It has. I've been doing the hot cocoa or making a mug cake as like my dinner dessert sweet, but then after that I'm done. Great. Cool. 
I feel good with that. So that has been nice. Oh, I'm really happy. Give yourself lots of credit for that. That's nice. So you wake up, you have your breakfast. The workout takes the space between your breakfast and your post-workout snack. Yeah, my workout's kind of short. It's usually like 30, 40 minutes. But in between that, I'm getting the kids breakfast and kind of doing some stuff around the house and that sort of thing. Workout slash kids breakfast and house stuff. The way I'm thinking about this is that like, so in our day, we have sort of like appointments with our meals and then we have spaces Mm -hmm. and this is like the free period in high school. Like you get to pick what you're going to do in the spaces. So between the waffle and the post-workout smoothie bowl, you have a space. So we could think of that as like space one. Now you already have stuff that fills space one, your workout, kids breakfast, the house stuff. But then we've also got space two which would be post-workout snack to lunch. Right. So somewhere around nine to one or 10 to one or 12. Yes. So we'll call that space two. Space one's already occupied. Space three is going to be between lunch and afternoon snack. Yes. Space four, afternoon snack and dinner. And then space five is after dinner. And you've already kind of, you're doing well with space five already. You've got some after dinner stuff going your gratitude journal your walk yeah yeah cool so space one and space five already solved okay down to four so now what you've got here is places you can try plugging in different things so when you think about your day you could be what do i need to get done today i need groceries i need to take something to the post office i need to pick up prescriptions that'll probably take a couple hours that'll fill a space you know all of these spaces are going to be two to three hours long mm-hmm. yeah three to six yeah basically we got two or three chunks two or three okay. hour chunks yes so you like my formula here right? spaces one yeah. four <laughs> are two to three hour chunks so that could be i think errands would be a perfect one there like if i had errands yeah. i'd plug that in do that oh, sure. do all my errands so if you had a day where you needed to do errands find which slot you want to plug which that space? in yeah okay. and now you've got three now you're down to three okay So you could make plans to see a friend. That might be a a chunk there. Plan to see a friend. It could be housework, laundry. It never ends, right? Right. (laughs) Housework or laundry, you could plug in there. It could be rest. I know two to three hours may sound like, oh my God, that's a lot of rest, Georgie. But you could combine it with other stuff that you need to do, like say shower and wash hair. Yeah. So like shower, wash, hair, rest might be enough things I would put in a two or three hour block. It could be, what else? What else do you fill your day with? Well, right now with the kids home, it's kind of been kid activities. But when they go back to school, I like to do like a Bible study. I like to take like a walk with a friend, play tennis. I guess there are a lot of things I could fill that time with. We talked that about maybe doing enjoyable. something creative, like writing blog articles. Yes. Or, you know, stuff to help, you know, the audience. Like you said, you really like helping moms who are struggling with that problem of fitting fitness in with their busy lives. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think writing stuff can be, it can feel really good to help people out. Yes. Okay. So maybe writing. Do you have a Facebook page? I do. I don't uh, really use it. It's never too late to start it back up. And I always tell people, if you take a break from social media and you come back, 
no one needs to know where you went. Don't okay. worry about saying anything. I just say, show up and be like, I'm really excited about what I'm working on now. Here's a, okay. here's an article on this. Like no one needs to know where you've been. Okay. That's helpful. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah. So writing some like thought out posts for your Facebook page can help it get shared more. You know, I think of like yeah. value laden posts as being like a mini article. Okay. And you record content, you said like videos and like workout videos. I do some personal training, like in-person ladies. And I do really enjoy that as well. So yeah. So that's another thing you might plug in there. Like if you're going to go somewhere and see a client or two, that might fill up a two or three hour block. Yeah. So I put writing Facebook posts slash recording content because you could find that people really like videos. So you could share a video on your Facebook page. Yeah. Like this is an exercise you can do if you own no exercise equipment. Right. Stuff like that. That's a great idea. So yeah, recording some content that you can share could be a fun one. Bible study is a good one. I like that one because you've got variety between exercise and exertion stuff and then some stationary stuff like Mm -hmm. Bible study or reading or gratitude journaling. You know, these are more like the body gets to rest there because like tennis and walking and yoga and all that are great. But if you try and book active things for all of the blocks in your day, you're going to be exhausted. Yes, that makes sense. I will look for spaces to plug myself in, as we said. (laughs) Cool. And if you have something that's only going to take an hour, like let's say you have like a personal training client and they're next door, so you don't have to drive far. You're like, that's an hour. Yeah. What else can I fit in? And you might find there's other small things you can plan. And you can always, it's okay to just like leave spaces too. Yes. A little margin, I think is probably helpful for me. Yeah. You don't want to go in where you're like, oh, at 8.52, I'm doing this. And at 8.54, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then by 8.59, (laughs) I'm going to be in the car so I can be on the road till 9.12. Yeah. You don't want to run your life that way. So we just want enough structure that you're not sitting there with hours between you and the next time you're eating going, I'm just looking forward to the food. Yes. That makes so much sense. And that's really helpful. Thank you for helping me think through all of that. No trouble. No trouble. And if you ever find in the future that you want to fiddle with the eating schedule, mm-hmm. like sometimes people feel like they want to do larger meals and not so many snacks, then you can always rejigger it. Like I generally okay. have yeah. like breakfast, lunch. If somebody's like just doing breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh-huh. then they really just have fewer blocks. They have breakfast to lunch, lunch to dinner, and then dinner to bedtime. So it's like a hockey game. You have yeah. three periods. <laughs> <laughs> I think down the road, I might want to do that. I've been trying to use the more frequent eating, like because of what we learned with the lesson to have a little bit less time in between the meals. But as I've been paying attention to my fullness, I have actually come to enjoy feeling like a little bit hungry before my next time to eat. So I think maybe down the road, that might be something I could work on adjusting so I can get a little more space in between so I can really feel that hunger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, like zero hurry there. You already just recently made the change to take out after dinner snacks. Right. So, and that's progress. So yeah. I'm very happy for that. <laughs> no hurry needed, no hurry needed. So, so do you think you can work on your calendar for, you know, the next couple of days and just practice plugging in some ideas for things to try? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm like really excited. You're about like, that. Oh, let me add I'm it. Like, I'm going to organize let it. Me, 
Yeah, let me color code it. And I, I think I do have some good ideas. And I appreciate you kind of helping me think through the spaces that does feel less overwhelming. Yeah, to think of it that way. Yeah, I know it can feel silly to be like, I don't know how to have fun. I don't know what foods I like. I don't know what I like. But that's how it ends up for people. Like, that's how it ended up for me. That's how it ends up for a lot of the people that I work with. They're like, okay, so have fun. Yeah. Where where do I get it? Like, where do I go yeah. <laughs> to <Right>. get fun? <laughs> it's like, we kind of got to try a bunch of stuff. And some stuff might stick and some stuff might not. Yeah, um, I I appreciate that. I feel like it helps me to to have like an idea and list and I'll try things and then evaluate them and see what I love and go from there. And I'm excited yeah. to try the meditation thing that you sent me too. Thank you for sending that. No trouble. I'm excited for you to try it too. Don't be afraid to purchase things if you think there might be a new activity that you want to try. Like, okay. and I'm not talking like spend all your money on craft supplies. But like, I've had clients that were like, I got a coloring book and I really like doing it. <laughs> I happen to have bought coloring books and never used any of them. Okay. Um, but I bought paint by numbers, loved it. So ah, okay. you never know what's going to be the thing that you want to do. Okay. Uh, I think I just get frustrated with pe- colored pencils and like, they wear down and you got to sharpen them. Like it just wasn't working for me. So, but I love having my little row of all the different paints and the numbers. (laughs) And like, if you're like a numbers person, you're like, okay, I've got, you know, little plot number three and my little tiny brush and I'm going to put it in all the spots with the number three. And like, they're very detailed and I like detailed small things. Yeah. So for 20 or 30 bucks, I bought some like paint by numbers for adults kit Okay. and I had a blast with it. And I bought another one, another one. And I was like, who knew I had an artistic streak. (laughs) So yes, I definitely recommend a search for paint by numbers for adults. Okay. Wooden jigsaw puzzles are also really good. Oh, okay. There's some really I pretty ones. My list. And for some reason, the wooden pieces just feel nice. So you have to try some stuff and not everything works. Like I did crochet for a little while and then I was like, no, I wasn't doing it for me. Okay. I tried playing chess with my husband, possibly because he's just too good and I was losing over and over and over. It wasn't fun. <laughs> But yeah, like if you've been a runner, sometimes people like getting a bike, pedaling their bike around or getting on roller skates with the kids or visiting the library, going to see a movie. I booked tickets to puppy yoga over the weekend. I'm not sure if you saw that. I know. I saw your picture and it looked really cute. So fun. They basically teach a yoga class with like puppies just free roaming. So all the people are like doing their yoga poses and the puppies are like going up and sniffing them. And so it gives when like a, pup- a whole new meeting to down dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was doing downward dog and this puppy like grabs my braid, like ah, you got yeah. tug of war. <laughs> so like, yeah, just finding some new stuff to go do, you can plug it into your calendar. So when you look at your next few days and you're like, I have so much fullness and like excitement and time with people I love in my life. Yeah. It's so much easier to let food sort of like settle back down to just being an additional joy. That makes so much sense. And I really think that's going to be helpful. So I'm going to start that on my calendar tomorrow. (laughs) Cool. All right. I look forward to updates on how all of this goes. You're doing great work. You're doing really, really great work. Thank you so much. And thanks again for all your help. I am just so grateful and really appreciate it. My pleasure. I love my job. I love what I get to do. So thank you. Talk to you soon. 
many people I work with would nod their heads in agreement with Katya that life can sometimes feel like it doesn't have any pleasure or fun in it, especially when you have kids and you've been really focused on raising them and making sure they're busy and engaged. But I want to acknowledge it's really hard to find activities that we truly enjoy, and it's absolutely essential for happiness. Other people can suggest hobbies ad infinitum, like knitting or pickleball, woodworking, drawing, tap dancing, reading, cycling, vacation planning, movies with friends, or following a sports team. But in the end, you just have to try stuff and see what feels good to you. Fun can be found in thousands of different places. If you need a place to start, here are a few ideas. 1. Think of the people you know who do some sport or hobby you think you might be up to try. Ask them, can I come paddle with you sometime? I know you go to a yoga studio, can I try a class with you sometime? Can you teach me how you grow tomatoes? Yours are so amazing. I have a mountain bike, but I don't really know how to mountain bike. Can you show me a trail? Second, browse a store for books, ebooks, or audiobooks. See what you like. Try a mystery, a fantasy, a romance novel, biography, or anything that gets your interest. I happen to love sports and adventure stories. I might not ever go climb in the Himalayas or be in the Olympics, but I really enjoy reading accounts from people who have had those experiences. Go to an arts and crafts store. Walk in and just look around. You might get some ideas. If you don't feel like leaving your house, no problem. Search on Instagram or Pinterest or just about any social media site for hashtag craft ideas. Again, these are just some starting points. If you don't try new things, you never know. Katja and I also spoke in this episode about how to gradually expand her food options. If you've cut out many foods slowly over time because you fear they will cause weight gain, it's important to go slowly and gently as you experiment reintroducing these foods. One food experience at a time can help you build confidence, see that they do not cause weight gain, and begin to see all foods as safe and perfectly acceptable to eat. Remember, if you're eating when you're hungry and you're stopping when you're full, your body is going to do a lot of the work of managing your calorie intake for you. What that means is that it's perfectly okay to include foods like bread, potatoes, steak, or french fries that are commonly maligned and pointed to as bad foods that you must not have. I hope you're enjoying the new show. Leave us some stars or share a review if you are. Until next time, I'm Georgie Fear, and together with the staff of Confident Eaters, we wish you a very happy, well-fed day.